0: Welcome to That eighty Show, Dori, how are you? I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) For for now, for now, uh, Dori, I've planted- I'm here. I've planted little tricks. I've planted, there are three songs coming up today, but they have a theme. We stopped doing Mm -hmm. themes a while ago. We stopped doing themes because- Yes, we did. Quite frankly, it was a lot of work. (laughs) Does a lot of work to themed playlists. No, it's mostly
1: because we stopped playing so much music because we wanted to talk more
0: nonsense. Yes, yes, that is that is the um, reason that we gave to the police. But there is a, <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, yes, there is a theme, and I hope you spotted it, that it was Eurasia, Ship of Fools, um, on that eighty show, Dory. Boy George. My favorite erasure song. Hey, my it's my a cool song. erasure song, by the way. What a cool song. I hadn't mm. heard it in ages. If you're listening on the mm. podcast, we just played Erasure Ship of Fools. If you're listening on Cliffcentral.com, you just heard Erasure Ship of Fools. Dory, Boy George. You know, you you know there's been a story with him, like it's been long going with him and Culture Club. Like they 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 airing their dirty laundry in public for years. And the latest story. Boy George is accused of plotting to defraud Culture Club bandmate and ex-lover John Moss out of £188,000, a very specific amount. He's challenging the band's lead singer. He was allegedly expelled by their manager. This is Culture Club's manager after 37 years of service. And he says he's owed £188,000 under a band agreement. So, boy George, hmm. real name George O'Dowd, never forget that. Yes, never forget his real name is George O'Dowd. Uh, so obviously, they went on a tour in 2018, and then uh, John Moss gets binned. Boy George says, Get out of here, I do really want to hurt you, no more of you, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it's in court, they do in court over zoom imagine you are in court and boy George pops up on your zoom meeting what did you think of that
1: here's the question is he in full boy George-ness uh like, you know what I mean does he have the makeup
0: oh, and that, he's big into hats these days he loves a hat oh mm, he's big into hats I'm looking at a picture of him wearing a very large bowler hat yeah that's what I'm saying and if you scroll down in the same article further down a fedora he's wearing a fedora big big hat big hat game Yes. Huge hat energy mm. from Boy George. Yes. Oh, this is getting really And another messy. hat in the picture below. Yeah, Yellow hat. Mm. Yellow hat. So I like to imagine this is how he's appearing in court proceedings. He told the courtiers unable to give helpful answers as he needed to get up to speed. This is now Boy George's uh, lawyer. So mm. he, what's Boy George hiding? Why is he not letting people know what's going on?
1: Very weird. You know, it's, just, it's sad though that like… These were our, our icons growing up, right? We, we just loved all these bands and especially like someone like Boy George, who was this larger than life figure. And then as time goes on, they reveal themselves to be, uh, you know, human, which is such a shame.
0: It's, it's money. <laughs> it's um, everyone took a hit in their lockdown earnings.
1: And everyone becoming grumpy old men as well. Let's be honest
0: you think you think that's that's what it is I think it's it. grumpy old. how much of this do you think is also related to the fact that they're ex-lovers that he's like oh I'm jilted yeah you know you know yeah, what I mean I so that. this is like it's it's ugly like it's a business arrangement it's a personal relationship it's ultimate karma Dory and I um,
1: I do like this line in the article that says, where the lawyer says he, he needs um, to get up to speed. It says, having only been instructed by Boy George, Mr. Craig, and Mr. Hay since <laughs> Friday. So they're Mr., but he is Boy George. <laughs> He's not Mr. O'Doubt.
0: <laughs> no, uh, hey, you see, that's what he wants stricken off the record. It's like, on a, I did not spend 30 years. What did they used to call Boy George's horrible? Gender bender. How weird, hey? yeah <laughs> think about that like yeah. how crazy was like george boy george satan he had to have been satan because he dressed like he was a g- gender bender terrible term hmm. and nowadays you don't yeah. even bat an eyelid and now boy george is just a hat guy so are we in 30 years time gonna be a society that don't see hats will be men without hats a woman will be people without hats or with hats Who knows what, what's Boy George, the last we spoke about him, they were looking to cast someone to play him in a movie about his life, um, Bohemian Rhapsody style, Rocketman style, and they hadn't found anyone.
1: Well, now they just have to find somebody who can rock a hat.
0: Rock a hat. I think Boy George ends up playing himself in his, uh movie of his life. So Dory, uh, we're going to get right into it because we have the chart savant entering our atmosphere. <laughs> Big chart savant energy. I want to get into your movie straight away because I've got a movie that I cannot believe I haven't recommended yet on that 80s show we like to do. Movie recommendations every week. Each one of us picks a movie, TV show, film of the 80s, inspired by the 80s or reminds us of the 80s. And tells you to either watch it or not.
1: So it's funny you should say that you cannot believe that you haven't recommended your movie yet because I feel the same about my movie. I am 99% sure I haven't recommended it before. (laughs) I'm very sure you haven't recommended it before. Even though I do think this is actually your kind of movie. That being said, we are doing a bit of a pendulum swing from last week's shenanigan, nonsense movie to something quite highbrow this week. But when I say highbrow, this is a different kind of highbrow. As we know, I went to university and I studied film at university. And over those years of studying film, they probably showed us only two movies from the 80s. I've already discussed the other one, which which was Desperately Seeking Susan. Don't ask me why we studied Desperately Seeking Susan. I cannot for the life of me remember why. But we did the other movie that we did, and I cannot believe I have not spoken about this movie or this director before, because it is a classic in every sense of the word. Dori, and while it is a movie...
0: Dori, yes. you know what? You know what I'm thinking? Sorry, I, I cut you off what? there. You were steamrolling. You, you were, you you were a train. You were a train. I was, sorry. On, I was on a roll. I was on, on a roll, man. Sorry, I jumped in front of the train. Sorry about that. It just occurred to me mm. that maybe we should call this feature... I can't believe we haven't spoken about this movie yet. That's a whole new podcast on its own. But,
1: but imagine that we have spoken about it and just forgot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. well there's, there's always, there's always new people they've forgotten.
1: Yeah. We didn't do it justice then. If forgotten, we've forgotten, we've got to expect that our, our listeners have forgotten as well. Yes, so because… Like,
0: because the average age of our listener is 45 plus and we all know unless you're taking Seleucer 45 you forgot
1: (laughs) (laughs) who are you again (laughs) so I'm going to get back onto my steamroller so while this is a movie worthy of being studied at film school it is also a it was a massive success it is it has wide appeal it is not you know, a very arty academic form, although it has lots of art to it.
2: Ooh. I have a
1: feeling you're going to know this one, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it, but I'm going to tease it a little bit longer. I'm going to tell you that this movie, there was fear when this movie came out that it was going to incite riots. Oh, wow. Not not many films have that. Not many films can can claim that. I'm going to read you the cast list, but I'm going to leave out one important cast member because it will give it away. And let's see if you can figure out which movie it is. This movie stars Danny Aiello, Giancarlo Esposito, who's one of my favorite actors. You might remember Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad and many, many other things.
0: And and Justin Bieber did the song about him, Esposito. I remember that was a huge huge song a few years ago. No? No, no. Moving on. Okay.
1: John John Turturro. Mm. Rosie Mm. Perez. And this was her first movie that she was ever in. She was discovered by the director dancing in a club. And he said, I want to put you in a movie. And he literally launched her career with this film. Martin Lawrence also in his first movie ever.
0: Yes.
1: Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, (gasps) okay. Are you getting an idea?
0: I think so. I've got
1: one cast member left. And when I say that name, It's a giveaway. Okay. Other cast member is also the director of the film,
0: the one and only Spike Lee. Okay. Okay. I know. I know where you're going, Dory. I know where you. Do you know where I'm going? I am, of course, talking about the film. Do the right thing. Yes. Oh my God, Dory. What? It has been on my list for weeks (laughs) to do. Honestly. Ah, oh, I weeks. beat you. I beat you. And it's so true what you're saying. I cannot believe we have not. A very late 80s movie, right? Wasn't 1989? Yes, 1980,
1: 1989.
0: 1989, indeed. Yes. Right. So it actually was. It, if you talk about cusping, it was such a. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if you'll talk about this, but it was such a foreshadowing of 90s culture, actually, because it kind of. You know, yeah. so that that's what Spike Lee was at that time. He just had Zeitgeist. He just knew either he tapped into it or he actually set it because so much of the look and feel and style of the storytelling, the the characters in the film, the way they shot it, the way people were dressing, everything was actually so 90s that it, you kind of like place it there. But gr- what a movie, Dory! Great, great movie.
1: Now we studied this movie and There's a lot to study about it. So if you don't know, I mean, if you don't know, you have to watch this movie. I I can't tell you where to watch it, but make a plan. If you have not seen it, it's set in in the time space of about 24 hours on one block in Brooklyn on the hottest day of the year. So it's a heat wave. And Spike Lee was actually even quoted as saying, he wants the audience to be sweating, in the air-conditioned movie theaters when they watch this movie. That's true. It's how you felt. Yeah, yeah, he made every effort to literally make you feel as hot as these people. I mean, they're all pouring with sweat the whole way through the movie. And what he did as well, you know, he would put heat lamps in front of the cameras to make those like heat waves Mm. that, you know, like you, you see like those little waves kind of in front of you when it's really, really hot. He did that. Um, the cinematographer removed all traces of cold colors. So even when they mm. were filming, like even when they were setting things up, they made, nobody wore blues or, or, or purple or anything like that. Everybody was wearing like hot colors, reds and oranges and yellows. Um, so the, the whole film has got this like, br- like bright orange feeling to it.
0: Um, up, um, it's um, quite
1: amazing. Um, like it looks like there's a, there's a filter. Yeah, so basically it's the hottest day And the heat is actually even a metaphor for what's going on in this neighborhood where racial tensions are rising. There's this tension between the African-Americans, the Hispanics, and then Mm. there's also these um, Italian-American guys. Mm. There's a guy named Sal played by Danny Aiello who owns the pizza place. And he, it's it's probably the only pizza place in town. And he specifically has it so that, you know, in the Italian section of town, there's loads, there's too much competition. There's loads of other pizza places, but he especially is like, Oh, I'll have my pizza place in this part of town where there's no other competition. So at first you think this is a really good guy. turns out maybe not so much towards the end. Basically the whole movie is set. Like I say, in what, in like a course of one day and you just, it's, it's little, what do they call them? Vets.
0: Mm, yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah.
1: Of, of, uh, of like, getting to know the people in the neighborhood. So, and Mookie, who is played by um, Spike Lee, is the central character who kind of links everybody together. He is, he works as a pizza delivery guy for, for Yeah, yeah. And he kind of, so he's traveling around and he's friends with everybody. And as, as he travels around, you meet other characters. And you kind of get an idea of what's going on. His girlfriend, played by Rosie Perez, um, they have a kid together. So there's like a little bit of a, a mixture almost of the African-American and the Hispanic. And But but the whole movie is just this rising tension. And it's it's actually crazy because it's this tiny little thing that sparks the tension. Obviously, kind of a last straw situation. There's The tension has always been there. Things have contributed towards it. But in the movie, literally a guy played by Giancarlo Esposito goes into the pizza place. He orders a slice of pizza. He sits down at a table. He looks up at the wall and it's it's like a a hall of fame wall and it's all pictures of Italian Americans on the wall. So there's Robert De Niro. There's a bunch of other people. I can't, I can't tell you who it is. And he says to sell, he's like, sell, why don't you have any pictures of African Americans on the wall? We're the ones who support your establishment. And Sal's so like, this is my place. If you don't like it, get out. And he kicks him out, basically. All right. And then this guy's like, oh, I'm going to get everyone to boycott your place. And it seems incidental. It seems <sighs> whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's the actual spark to everything that starts just heating up and heating up and heating up. And it does end in somebody dying. Yeah. The movie ends with somebody dying. And there's a lot of message in the movie. Also, I mean, the theme song... Fight the Power by Public Enemy. It's the theme song in the very the opening credits is Rosie Perez dancing to that song. It's the weirdest opening credits, actually. What? I'll put a, I'll put a link up to it on our Facebook page.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I was going to get into the soundtrack because the soundtrack of Do The Right Thing is yeah. this awesome mix of, got a lot of jazz, Al Jeroz on there. It's really eclectic. And then you've mm. got this grating, I mean, Public Enemy, you can kind of forget I mean, how they were getting boycotted. I mean, Public Enemy would go on stage at this phase of their career and like hang Klansmen, you know, have somebody dressed up as a Klansman and hang them while they were touring like Southern States. Like Public Enemy were as, you know, was so part of the consciousness movement and to have them, yeah. I mean, they were boycotted. Like, you, There were certain stores that would not sell Public Enemy. So for uh, Spike Lee to put them front and center of his song or of his movie, is like, it wasn't his debut movie and you've given me a great idea for another movie to recommend. For him to put mm-hmm. it out in like, kind of his br- breakout, breakout, breakout movie, it just tells you everything you need to know about this film.
1: Like you say, it wasn't his first film, but it was definitely the film that put him on the global map. Of, a, a, of being a, a filmmaker that everyone must sit up and take notice of, yeah. basically. Yeah. I have one little factoid that I want to add to this movie. Yes. From the Wikipedia page. It says, during filming, the neighborhood's crack dealers threatened the film crew for disturbing their business.
0: <laughs> authenticity. That's that's all you can ask for is authenticity. I'd like to think that they then got offered roles in the film uh, to play crack dealers. and. and- <laughs>
1: Who knows, right?
0: (laughs) Was this one of the first movies that took away the optimism or that it shone a light at what we're seeing in film in the 80s and went, you know, the world's not really like that. Uh, you know, because mm. it, it, everything was like bright and colorful, and the, the the good guy won, and and everybody was white and beautiful and, and blonde I mean, hair.
1: Never mind, exactly. I mean, that's what I was going to say. It, think of how white eighty cinema was, mm. and this movie is. I think there's three white people for. Five white people in the entire film.
0: Yeah. And the majority and of the cast is black. And and the white people. <laughs> oh, and then there's the Koreans as well. <laughs> it, but, and then the white people are kind yeah. of like Americans and they're not good people. Which is like up till then, if you saw yeah, a white not. person being bad, he was normally Russian or East European. Yeah. You know, where this was like, oh yeah. no. And I mean. American white person can be bad.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the big message, because what happens, I mean, a bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen it, but what happens in the end is it is a black guy getting killed by white cops. Something that is still reality today. Yeah. And it's almost like Spike foresaw. In fact, I watched an interview with him that he did years later, where the way the guy gets killed in Do the Right Thing is, is the way somebody got killed by a white cop years later. It's actually freaky that that happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, this was like, like what? foresaw it. Five years before Rodney King. Right, roundabout, yeah. yeah. and I mean, that's what that, that a lot of people say, that yeah, like he kind
1: of, you know, foresaw all those things. And oh, the other thing that this movie does, which is where the, the arty film school a- angle comes in, is it breaks the fourth wall. Y- now, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you don't understand what the fourth wall is, the fourth wall is you as the viewer watching, nobody's supposed to acknowledge your existence. Mm. But in this movie, a lot of people talk to the camera, which is they're talking directly to you. That's breaking the fourth wall. And it's done so brilliantly in this film and really really like it does it actually jolts
0: you out of what you're watching it. and, and it's it, really really clever it, it was quite novel then I, I, I think sometimes now yeah. you see it all the time so it's lost its yeah, impact yeah. and it's kind of gimmicky but this was the first time a movie like this had done it and you're like wow this, that's wow great movie Dory it, it, it really is and I'm glad mm. you actually said like you studied it because it is a movie yeah. worth like looking at going this is one of the defining movies of the era this it it, it brought street culture into mainstream great movie great movie well done that's fantastic i'm gonna watch that i'm watching that Mm. and i bet i bet it's not even on youtube lots of
1: clips on youtube i watched lots of clips (laughs) on youtube last night i feel like i've pretty much almost watched the entire film there's a lot there's a lot of
0: clips online I, I i actually remember it very very well I remembered really, really well. Yeah. Great movie. That's what I said. I, I see this as
1: being your kind of movie. Oh yeah.
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah. I'm all over it. What is my kind of movie? <laughs> you got me very excited <laughs> last week um, when you mentioned Michael Keaton in an early role, and I was yeah. like, Oh no! Yes. Is she going to do this? Because it's not it's not your wheelhouse's oh, yes. movie. Yes. And I was like, Oh, yes. is she going to do it? She's going to do it. So. My movie is, we're going to talk cult classic, right? And. Right. <laughs> I don't know where to start on this because it is a movie that is like super quotable. It is super memeable, but it is super, super forgettable. Okay. Okay. Young Michael Keaton, super young. Dom mm-hmm. DeLuise pops up, Danny DeVito, Joe Piscopo, these guys all pop up in it. Amy Heckling was the director. Now, it's kind of forgotten her, you know, what she did in this movie. Amy Heckling, if you don't know, she did Look Who's Talking – and in the 90s clueless so she like you know good movies good movies amy heckling yes, she yes. kind of was said she was scarred by this movie actually that she wanted to then go make these other movies because she felt she wanted to do comedy with a message this movie was supposed was kind of like the gangster 1930 gangster version of what space balls was to star wars and naked gun was to james bond and and or top secret was to james bond or what blazing saddles was to cowboy movies this movie was going to be what that to 1930s gangster movies. So Michael Keaton plays a starts off. He owns a pet shop (laughs) spoof movie. And he catches a kid trying to steal something from the pet shop. And he goes, you know, kid, you might think a life of crime is very interesting. Let me tell you a story. And he tells his story about how in the 1930s, he was growing up son of an immigrant. And he, good boy during the day, but moonlighted as the most dangerous and notorious gangster at night, right? And nobody knew he was the bad guy or nobody knew he was a gangster. Sweet boy, gangster at night. The sweet boy during the day sends his brother with his ill-gotten gains to law school to when his brother eventually becomes district attorney and goes after this notorious gangster called Johnny Dangerously. That's my movie this week. Have you ever watched Johnny Dangerously?
1: I definitely watched it in its time, but I don't remember it at all. But it's very familiar.
0: Not many people do. You may not remember it. Like, listen, for me and my cousin Louis, big listener of the show, it is one of our most quoted movies. We love it. We love it. I can't... I'm going to play some clips here, right? Because that's the only way I can describe this movie. So... One scene, Michael Keaton wants to put his uh, brother off dating, and he plays him this public service announcement from a very specific institute. So he sits down, fancy hotel room, switches on the uh, the projector, film projector, and plays him this. Hi,
1: I'm Dr. Zilman, and I'd like to talk to you about your testes. The human testicle is not unlike a balloon. Sometimes it is empty. sometimes it is full. And sometimes it can explode. Maybe this will help you understand. Just remember that your testicles, when treated with love and care, will give you years of maintenance-free service.
0: But if abused, well, the inevitable conclusion. So next
1: time, do the smart thing. Don't let anything come between your testicles and you. Thank you.
0: So, you Amazing. know, you know what movie we're dealing with. You know what movie we're dealing with, okay? <laughs> That's not even the most memorable part, because the part you are definitely going to know, okay? Oh, do you know when the saying, when you go, oh, that person crossed me once, once, right? Or, oh, somebody yeah. said that to me once, once. That saying actually comes from the movie Johnny Dangerously. Um, there is one character okay. who says, oh, so-and-so did that to me once. Once. And he keeps <laughs> playing that out in the movie. The best character in this whole movie, okay, is a guy called Roman Moroni. You may not know the name. Very distinct, a immigrant gangster th- thick, bushy eyebrows, massive, massive, thick mustache, but with a very specific way of speaking. If Johnny Dangerous is kind of go, I don't remember Johnny Dangerously. This little clip of Roman Maroney and his very specific way of talking and swearing is going to jolt you right back to the 80s.
2: Nobody move and nobody will get hurt. All we want is Maroney's money. Go ahead, kid. You fargan sneaky bastard! I'm gonna take you, work. I'm gonna nail it to the wall! I'm gonna crush your boils in a meat grinder! I'm gonna cut off your arms! I'm gonna shove them up your eyes! dirty summon up at my own club! I'm gonna get you for this, huh? Roman Maroni never forget the fargan face, kid. Before we begin the questions, my client would like to read from a prepared statement. Go ahead. I would like to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel. You lousy corksuckers, you have violated my Fargan rights. This somnambatching country was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens like me could not be taken away by a bunch of Fargan ice-holes like yourselves. Thank you very much. It gets me every time. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Do do you remember that
1: at all? I don't remember that specifically. I don't, but I, I get what you're saying, like the familiarity as a... Specific type,
0: you know. Oh, you know what? This could have just been a movie that, within a close circle, like probably my family. I, I, I actually don't think I've ever met anyone outside of my family who've watched this movie. That to this day, grown men, we will still every now and again call someone a Sanama bitch or call somebody a fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that was that was just for me. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, God, I love it so much. Honestly, I can't. I can't even deal with how funny that movie is. Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube, but you know what? They've actually done it. You know when you've on YouTube sometimes when they put the movie like in a tiny little screen in another screen? So obviously the algorithm uh, doesn't pick up that it's uh, yeah. it's there. So um, there are a lot of clips. I'll post up my favorites of of, of Roman Moroni specifically. I mean... <sighs> Come for Johnny Dan- Dangerously, stay for Roman Moroni, and you'll be quoting him all day. But that is two great movies. Um, do the right thing that has got a comical feel, but is very, very serious. It's got a very lighthearted. Yeah. It's kind of like that yeah. New York, Brooklyn. Crooklyn gangster type of tough guy. Both of our movies have got that kind of feel about it, but deals with a very mm-hmm. sensitive topic and do the right thing. And Johnny Dangerously is just lols. I mean, there are so many cameos by people; uh, it's not to be taken seriously at all. The two great, 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 great movies to leave you with, mm. Daria. I said to you there is a theme in the music I'm playing today, right? So if yes, you yes. think about the day today erasure ship of fool started the song and i'm gonna play george michael kissing a fool then we got the chart savant i mean obviously you should know by the theme by now do you want to take a guess yet april fool there you go so lame so lame (laughs) 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 but i had to do it be afraid For when he enters, the atmosphere gets cold in here. Here's the.
1: Hello, that's just because you got undressed during that
0: song. True story. (laughs) True story. (laughs) How dare you, Dory? How dare you ruin my dramatic moment? oh my word dory but you know me so well yeah if you are listening on the podcast (laughs) yes george michael's kissing a fool april fool's day so we're going for the lame cheap jokes and i did i took off i took off my pantaloons um (laughs) and i did you know when you do that little thing you hug yourself and kind of like slow dance lights off pants off (sighs) hello
2: barrett (laughs) (laughs) morning
0: (laughs) so barrett joins us the wheels are speechless (laughs) i'm I'm picturing that image i'm like never done that (laughs) oh you have barrett don't you lie to me (laughs) be honest with yourself Barrett. not even for me do it for yourself. <laughs> the oh, seriously, I've never done that. <laughs> Barrett is the chart savant, the artist whisperer, and he plays a little game with us. The last time we played this story, we played it with Hadaway. You went with us. Hadaway almost really? so
1: won. I wasn't there.
0: He almost won. Yeah. It was almost the first time that the chart savant was beaten. He obviously got the year. He got the charts. I think he missed out on the month. Just It just shows the charts of undefeated. Mm. He has a game. He plays us five songs from a chart. We have to guess whether it is US, UK, the year and the month we never win. And uh, I think once we got close, we said this game's silly. Well, Dory did, not me. I I respect the integrity Mm -hmm. of the game. Dory said, this is a silly game. And since then he has, my God, he has beaten us, beaten us mercilessly, beaten us like Swedish Jump ropers.
2: <laughs> uh, so let's get into it. So before we start, any ideas on the clue moving an emotion that I sent you guys? Um, something to do with dancing. Yes, is some, all I can think. Or of. something to do with well, the I feelings. Can tell you, so I can tell you that the clue is linked to two songs on the chart.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Down three to number five. David Bowie, Let's Dance. Let's Dance is a song recorded by an English singer-songwriter written by Bowie and produced by Niall Rogers of the band Cheek. The end of the song features a guitar solo by then-rising blues guitarist Stevie Ray Vaughan, becoming Bowie's first and only single to top both the charts in the UK and the US. This is David Bowie, Let's Dance.
0: All right, David Bowie, number five in the particular chart. We got a guess, country year month Hmm. no clues yet Hmm. no idea number four go for it barrett No
2: idea. up from number 14 to number four every breath you take is a song by english rock band the police from their album synchronicity written by sting going to number one on both sides of the atlantic the song was nominated for three grammy awards including song of the year best pop performance by duo group and record of the year winning the first two categories this is number four, The Police Every Breath You Take. My favorite fact word about that song.
0: Oh, I love that song. It's so great. So some people go, Oh, it's about somebody who died. It's, it's a stalkery song. S- but but it's like not even just sounds like it. It is a stalker song, right, Dory? It, <laughs> yeah.
1: is, it is about yeah, stalking. I mean,
0: it's so, it's so creepy. Hell. <laughs> yeah. How? Yeah, so it's it's not about love, guys. Oh, well, maybe stalking is love. I don't know. Mm. It, teach that. Teach their own Barrett. <laughs> uh, Dory, are you prepared to. <laughs> pin it uk or us
1: i mean i'm leaning towards uk but i think both those songs were such huge hits internationally uh no no i'm not willing to this is a
0: this is a good chart so far i mean yeah barrett did you say i may have missed it both those songs were obviously number one on this chart at some point correct yeah yeah i mean this is a good chart okay let's go we don't know the year, we don't know the month, we don't know the country, we don't know anything. This is song number three on this particular chart.
2: Up from four to number three, Eddie Grant Electric Avenue is a song written, recorded, and produced by British singer and songwriter Eddie Grant. The song's title refers to Electric Avenue in the South London district of Brixton, which was the first market street to be lit by electricity. This is number three, Eddie Grant Electric Avenue. Great. See, Dory, see what I mean? Great chart. My oh God. Yeah,
1: I mean
0: I I'm still clueless. I so Just
2: so Yes, <laughs> but just so you know the first part of the clue moving in emotion was for the song number 5, Let's Dance. I Yes. I don't know if I'm going to lock this in, but because
0: so far, we're talking like some of the most iconic 1980s songs. Like if you had to buy a 1980s Treffers. Now in, that's what I call music, uh, that's volume two. <laughs> yes. Now that's what I call music, volume two. And then the Afrikaans one, Netty Treffers. If you're not in South Africa, Treffers is hits. Yes. Hits. That's what it means. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm kind of thinking like Failsafe 1984 was just the year for all the hit songs.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: these songs are huge. I don't know if we want to lock it in yet before we listen to number two. What do you want to do, Dori? No, I'm not
2: saying anything until I've heard all of them.
0: Let's go through all of them.
2: Right, Barrett, over to you. Cool. Staying at number two, The Culture Club, Time, Clock of the Heart, is a song by British new wave band Culture Club, released as a standalone single in most of the world and as the second single from their debut album, debut album, Kissing to be Clever, in North America. In Europe and United Kingdom, it was a standalone single released in November of a certain year. For this market, its first inclusion on a Culture Club album was on their 1987 compilation called This Time, The First Four Years. In a retrospective review of the song, all music journalist Stuart Mason wrote, of all of Culture Club's early hits time clock of the heart has probably aged the best boy George drops the cryptic self mythology long enough to deliver a tender heartfelt lyric on lost love I don't agree with that because for me the song's a bit Blair but anyway staying at two culture club time clock of the heart Dory I want to ask you something
0: just before mm. there the charts of aunt gave his opinion his review. This is called. Yes. How do you feel about that? Because savants aren't supposed to give. They just interpret and see at a deeper level. I don't know how I feel about Barrett's review of that.
1: I, I was. I actually enjoyed it because oh, Barrett okay. loves so much stuff. Okay. It's it's fresh and unique when we hear something he
0: doesn't love. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair cool. enough. Fair enough. I've learned something today. I've discovered something about myself. You're not prepared to do a year or any no guesses yet because we got to give the country year month. Okay, nothing
1: yet. I'm, I'm leaning towards the UK and I'm leaning towards either the the end of '83, beginning '84, somewhere around there.
0: Yeah, okay. that's what I'm leaning towards. Okay, uh, I agree with you. Let's get the song that was number one on this fantastic chart. This is an outstanding chart, Barrett. I know you are yeah. a multi-talented man, but it sounds like you're also edge trimming while you're doing the charts event. This is spectacular, uh, mm. <laughs> multi-tasking on your behalf. Yeah, it should be outside my window, actually. <laughs> oh, wow, well, Dory. And I think it's a, I think it's a leaf, I think it's a leaf blower. To be fair. Okay, well, listen, this is this is real life. You know, the, the great thing about shows like this is you feel like you're part of the conversation. And um, and it, it's 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 authentic. So part of the, 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 the gardening. Yes, part of the gardening. <laughs> and ironically, uh, we go. This show blows, and you're right. No, Barrett's
2: song number one. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is where clue number the second part of the clue of emotion comes in. Staying at number one. Flashdance, What a Feeling, is a song from the film Flashdance with music by Georgia Moroda and lyrics by Keith Forsey and the song's performer, Irene Cara. Maroda had been asked to score the film and Cara and Forsey wrote most of the lyrics after they were shown the last scene from it in which the main character dances at an audition for a group of, of judges. It topped the charts around the world. It was awarded gold certific- certification by the Record Industry Association of America for sales of 1 million copies and won the Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Original Song and earned Cara the Grammy Award for Best Female Vocal Performance. This is Staying at Number One, Irene Cara, What a Feeling, Flash Dance. God, I love that song so much.
0: Let <laughs> me tell you how much I love that song. Now, I'm thrown. I'm thrown. Because now it's time to guess. We got to go year, month, country.
2: So let's find out what your country is first.
0: Dori, do you want to have a go at country?
1: You know, that last song really threw me off. I was leaning towards the UK, but then Flashdance was so big in America. It was an American film. I'm going to bite
0: the bullet and say USA and I am changing the year because Flashdance came out very early 1983. So, earlier yeah, I thought... 19- yeah, I was leaning towards the
1: end of 1983, so I think we must go 1983.
0: Okay, so USA 1983, Barrett, or, or do you want to give all three? What should we do? Should we give all three?
1: Yep, give all three. November. No, no, wait, wait, wait. July. October. July. (laughs)
0: Nineteen eighty three USA. Yeah. July to
2: October. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I thought damn. Okay. So yes correct, USA. Yes, correct, Yay. 1983. Yes. And it's Yay. the 25th of June. <laughs> oh,
1: Pella, you were so close. It so counts. Close.
0: It counts. you got to have, like, we've got to... The month has got to be, like, a, at least a, a three-week
1: Like a buffer. bonus. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> bonus. You're, you're really lucky point. I mean, that's a wild <laughs> guess, no matter what. No. I mean, I don't even, like maybe only people who had hits in certain years would know the month that they were number one. But otherwise the, the average Joe like us, I mean, come on.
0: No, no. Hey, come on, Dory, even Hadaway. And he wasn't number one. He was number two. Yeah. Even Hadaway didn't know. Yeah, yeah Exactly. It's a flaw in the game, Charts Avant, but it is a fantastic game. Thank you for regaling and us. Hey, we
1: did well today. We did, we did well, well today. We did
0: very well. <laughs> Great chart. Is not <laughs> dancing? <laughs> oh, yeah. David Bowie, you had Eddie Grant, Karma Chameleon, Irene Cara. Yeah. I mean. It wasn't you
1: know. Karma Chameleon, it was one of the other songs, but, you know, yeah. that's fine. Boy George, all good. <laughs>
0: I've, already, I've already lost attention. I've faded. (laughs) Thanks for for joining us, Barrett. Um, Go back into your, I don't know, where do you go? Where do Chart Savants go after they do such chartish things? Into the ether. Ether. Yes. Go back into the ether. Off you go. Thanks for joining us, Barrett. The Chart Savant joins us every now and again. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about the Chart Savant. I've come to the end of the show a, a couple of things to talk about first, though, Dory is that that 80 show moving to a new time slot soon? Yes. Yes. We are going to be moving to 10
1: a.m. from next week.
0: From next week. So keep an eye. That's the live gonna play out. are going to have
1: to wake up a little bit earlier. Mm, little
0: well, bit earlier. terrible. But, you know, there's always
1: the podcast. So
0: Well, that's yeah. what I want to say. That's the live play out. Just keep an eye on the cliffcentral.com schedule. Uh, to find out when we're playing out live. But subscribe yourself, go to the podcast. We make a podcast of the show. Of course, we take out the music, uh, but you can go on to cliffcentral.com or just search that eighty show everywhere. So that is a little bit of a time channel Mm. change. And also, uh, April... In South Africa is a bit of a disjointed month. There is Easter up front. There are bank holidays kind of at the end of it. Uh, So it's very disrupted. Uh, Things change around, schedule changes. So we're changing the format of the show for a month. Uh, You'll go, thank God, I don't have to listen to these two idiots for the month. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) we've been, the chart savant is also an artist whisperer and he talks to a lot of our favorite artists 80s artists some people may go i wonder what these people are up to and barrett doesn't just wonder he reaches out and goes and finds them. so over the next couple of weeks subscribe to that 80s show right now go cliffcentral.com subscribe search that 80s show essay uh, and subscribe so you can get these as they drop or listen to cliff central at 10 o'clock every friday over the next couple of weeks because coming up in i think it's in this order we've got kim mazell So if you are into dance, house music in the 80s, you will know Kim Mazzal from her solo hits plus Soul to Soul. Uh, We got a great interview. Fantastic lady. Fantastic, fantastic lady. Uh, So energetic, Mm. so much fun. So many great stories she tells you. Um, She is coming up in, uh, I think, next week Friday. Uh, Following that, I mean, when last did you go, I wonder what Chesney Hawks is up to Again, also spend some time with the chart savant. Then we've got Sananda Maitreya. Now you may go, Sananda Maitreya, yes. I know the name. You may remember some of his songs released as Terence Trent to Arby. You go, why did he change his name? You got to listen to this. So spiritual, so deep. What a fantastic human being. He invited Barrett to his house in Milan. Did you hear that, Dory?
1: Yeah. Right? No, no they, they're like constantly messaging each other. Like he sends... Barrett pictures of sun, sunrises and sunsets. There's something going on there that we are no we are not a part of. Palo. We are not we a are part of excluded. this.
0: And then closing yeah. off the month with Eddie London from China Crisis. Uh, you'll remember their hits. Now, what Dory said there is so important. So that's Kim Mazal, Eddie London, China Crisis, Chesney Hawks, Sananda Matreya coming over up over the next couple of weeks. If you don't remember the order, just subscribe that 80 show and you will get it when each episode drops. We'll release a new one every week. What Dory said is so important there because both Kim Mizell and Sananda Matreya are now WhatsApp friends with Barretts like these are like yeah. relationships this this is this is the amazing thing that he does. he becomes friends. This is not just a guy interviewing and you've heard this interview a thousand times. he connects with them yeah it's a really spectacular thing. even Chesney Hawks I mean Dory, how many times do you think Chesney Hawks would be interviewed in his career? How many times like seven thousand four hundred and fifty three. He even said to Barrett, thank you for this. It was so refreshing. I haven't done an interview like that. I mean, so you've (laughs) got to listen because you may go, oh, but what do they have to say? Honestly, they get Barretted, right? They get get whispered. (laughs) (laughs) Dory knows. Dory knows what it's like. That's a a word. You get Barretted. No, he really creeps in and he gets such great interviews, such great uh, content. You can, it sounds like it actually, sometimes you sound like, it sounds like you're listening in on two friends talking. I mean, it really, really yes. does sound that. So you got to subscribe that Eddie Show essay on cliffcentral.com or just yeah. search that Eddie I, Show essay. I
1: was lucky enough to join the interview with Eddie yes. on China Crisis because I'm often not available for these interviews. And, you know, Barrett does keep these guys to himself. But <laughs> I was lucky enough to join him for, for China Crisis because I love China Crisis. And I have to tell you that he is such a passionate guy. You've got to listen mm-hmm. to the interview just to hear his excitement when he talks about music. This is a guy who loves music daily in his yep. life.
0: Yeah. and like uh, You got to actually. And he to gives it. back. I mean, he, he, he um, mm. coaches and trains new artists. I mean, it's just so spectacular yeah. on all of these to go listen to them. And I think every interview we've done so far, but these in particular, the life outside of being this 80s superstar, they kind of like went, was that yeah. all, especially Sananda? At all. And he tells you mm. a story about a particular, his nemesis. His, oh my Hmm. word, you've got got to listen to it. I mean, and because they're so far removed and kind of they don't even see themselves as that person anymore, you get, I mean, they're great. I I cannot tell you enough how great these interviews are. Uh, So subscribe so you can get them as they drop. Plus, everything you've heard on that show, the show today, you can find on That 80 Show SA Facebook page and Instagram, that underscore 80 show. Go do it. Yes. Go do it. We now it. have
1: Instagram for, you know, the, the younger people.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, yes, yes. Um, no, no,
1: for everyone. I know Instagram's for everyone.
0: It's, it's just, for everyone. But so so we're becoming a yeah. multimedia experience. Listen, see, and if you're nice enough, feel I'll come to your house. We can hmm. dance to George Michael together. <laughs> so that's, Instagram. No, not, that's not creepy at all. No, not creepy at all. That 80 show essay, um, already Chesney Hawks is following us. Who yeah. doesn't want Chesney Hawks following you? He's not our one and only uh, follower, so make sure that we we grow that.
2: <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it just kept you
0: Dory. You
1: couldn't stop yourself. You couldn't help yourself.
0: <laughs> you know. You, oh, God damn it. Dory, every week I like to close off uh, a lesson that you've learned from today's show. Go. Boy George likes lots of hats. Boy George likes lots of hats. Follow us, that 80 show essay, on facebook follow us that underscore 80 show on instagram i don't even know if you have to say underscore who knows i don't know anything i just know i love 80s music <laughs> i know i love spending an hour every week with my friend Dory, one of my oldest friends you guys gotta know Dori- hey i'm not that old what my longest serving friend <laughs> my longest serving friend Dory. <laughs> i'm
1: kidding i'm kidding i know many people don't realize that We've known each other since like the early 2000s and we've been doing this show since like 2012.
0: I know, I know. You
1: might not know this. I mean, like, it's, it's like literally 10 years we've been
0: doing this show. Somebody was laughing at us, laughing at me the other day when he said, Oh, remember that stupid internal radio station we had? Oh, you guys did that terrible 80s show, didn't you? Thank God that's over. So, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> 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 oh, God. thanks for joining me, Dory. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> Bye. <laughs>